Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, welcome to the Creator Podcast. This is episode 8. Welcome in once again, dear listener, to the Cubator Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Fraser, and this is episode eight. I hope that whoever's listening to this, whatever you're listening to this, you're having, an, you're, you're doing all right. If you listen to it in the car, if you listen to it on the way to work, if, if you're at a run, if you're just sitting in front of your computer, doesn't matter. I hope you're doing okay. And if you're not doing okay, then you know what? You can always talk to me. I, I like talking to people, and really, I think. I think I'm a good listener, so I mean, if you need somebody to talk to, don't be afraid to reach out, man. It's important, it's valuable, it's great, so I mean that sincerely, honestly. I like connecting with new people, so yeah, if you want to do that, I'm your ears, I can be your ears, I'm I'm okay with that. I've actually had a pretty good couple of days. My podcast is now in the new and noteworthy in iTunes, so I mean, that's that's just fucking great. Thank you everybody who rated it and reviewed it and listened to it and downloaded it, it's been phenomenal. I'm kind of blown away. I don't really know what else to say. It's um, yeah, it's been a big honor. It's a big. I was going to say it's been a big honor, but honor's not the word. It's been, it's been surprising. I didn't think it would happen, um, but it has. So, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. It, it means the world to me. On today's episode, we have Lags and Stuart from Gallows. This is a really good interview. We talked a lot about Venn Records, a lot about Gallows just generally over the years, I guess, and a little bit about their their sort of inspiration and their influences. And kind of, you know, you do get a sense of them as people being just really passionate about music and about their music, which is it's always awesome when that comes through. Um, the rest of the band were in the room at the time, but they didn't see anything at all. Uh, the music that you can hear in the background is actually Departures who were playing during the recording, so you should check them out as well. They're dead good. But yeah... Stuart and Lags, lovely guys, they're really engaging fellows and I hope you really enjoy it. For me, Gallows are probably one of the most important punk bands that Britain's produced, not just in the past 10 years, but, you know, ever. I don't think that's hyperbole to say that, I think that's genuinely true. One of the reasons that I'm a musician is partly because of Orchestra of Wheels, which I heard many years ago. And before before I seen the band after this interview, the last time I'd seen them was supporting Rage Against the Machine in 2010 and they were a totally different band back then in terms of personnel and everything so it's it's really good to see them evolve and to hear the sound evolve and just to see them change I guess as people and now they're much busier and they certainly seem to have a lot of fun on stage and I had a lot of fun during this interview I need to thank Davey Rees, uh, one of my pals for helping me do the sound because I've never interviewed two people before and for providing me with an extra microphone for those uh, extra voices. So yeah, but before we get into that, I'm going to play a track by Gallows. This is from their new album, Desolation Sounds, and it's called Chains. Also, I wanted to say that because they spent some of the interview talking about Venn Records, I've broken up the interview with a track from Milk Teeth from their EP Sad Sack. This track is called Vitamins, and I hope you like that as well. It's very different from Gallows, but it's very fucking cool, and you can get that on Venn Records. So yeah, here we go. First off, Chains, then interview, then Milk Teeth. 
gentlemen. Good evening. Um, you guys have been pretty busy, like especially you guys, because you're not just gals starting back up now, but also like you've got a label and you've got a management thing. Um, so 2015 is looking quite busy for you guys. Um, so now that gals are back in action, is it quite hard to balance like both sides of? It's it's hard to do gallows because everyone's so far apart. But when it comes to doing the record labels, you know, it's a lot of it's just email. Yeah. Or like, do you know what I mean? Like, constantly, like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're picking Open up the noisy snack you can, Wade McNeil. <laughs> it's a bag of salt and vinegar walkers for anyone who is bothered. And that is a, a branding opportunity there. So if you want to send us free crisps, please <laughs> No, I mean, then. I mean, it's a valid question. Then was started when we were all in the same country together and were touring heavily. Since we've been touring less heavily, um, the labels actually got busier. Yeah. So when we were all together, the first band that we signed was Marmosets. We put out their first seven inch. I think that was after we played. Was it Sonosphere or Download? It was that Download. Download. And we saw them, and we were just like, "Who's this un- unknown band? They're going to be amazing. Let's give them a, a platform," which is something that that we never had really. Um, for Gallows, we kind of put out our own demo before. We, we, we got an album deal so we were really pleased to do that and, and, and it worked it was easy when Gallows was busy touring a lot it's, it was kind of a lot easier to discover bands that we wanted to sign because we'd be playing with them a lot and I think since we've geographically spread out with, with uh, Wade in Canada myself in California and Lags here in London holding it down um, we tend to have a bit more of a global approach with it on the label now Whereas before we, I think still we've only released UK bands so far, right? We've done uh, a couple of Nor- Norwegian bands. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, but again, because Gallows have always had quite a big fan base in Norway. It's like it's a country that just gets it, and you can tell by the kind of bands that get huge. There, I mean, like Cavell Attack, uh, Turbo Negro, like all those bands. You know, they're big influences on us. Joe Ewing were a huge. Oh influence. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's like. So for us, like signing bands from Norway, it's, it's almost like signing bands from home because you know a lot, of, a lot. Of, there's me and Wade were saying actually like the other day there's there's a huge demand for gallows in Norway and I think it's just because they kind of get that kind of music. Yeah. London never got us, or the UK rather, really never got us. I mean, it sounds ludicrous to say because we had a certain degree of success in the media and um, and commercially. But really, kind of our peers that we looked for and the scene that we felt we fit in more is definitely in like Oslo, basically, in, in Norway. So it's strange. We that's where we took our, our key influences from. Yeah, when uh, Gallows first started, there was so much influence from Scandinavia, and less so from like you know the the UK hardcore trends, where there was a lot of beat down metal and. And those yeah. are all bands we're all friends with, you know, and and bands we grew up listening to and going to see at shows nothing against it but when we wanted to do something different well, I think we were excited by what was going on in Scandinavia in, in Sweden and Norway especially with labels like um, Burning Heart for example who put out bands like Nine Within Reach Breach um, J.R.U. in were on um, who put out our first J.R.U. records uh, Joe Young did stuff with uh, a guy from Coalition Coalition and so these are all labels and bands that we we looked to that wasn't happening where we were from, so it was exciting and new. And that's what we try and do with Venn, really, is just kind of sign bands that aren't just your run-of-the-mill, you know, a dime a dozen kind of bands. So so we signed Marmosets, and obviously they'd gone on to great things. We um, put out a release from Moose Blood, who are obviously doing really well. Um, so we're not defined to one kind of style, we just put out music that we like. And I think that answers your question in a really roundabout way. Oh, I was actually going to say, like, yeah, it seems like you guys are starting like a sort of DIY punk empire, almost. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's uh, almost a contradiction in terms of a, a DIY empire. It's funny. I think we just have, without wanting to sound big-headed, I think that being around as long as we have, we think we know what good bands are, what bands approach their art in a way where where they're going to have some kind of longevity. And I think the minute that Lags and I and Way we, and we first saw Marmosets play and the way they put their heart and soul into it, we thought that there's a band that's going to have some longevity. I think 
with Moose Blood, completely different stylistically, but the way that they present their music and lyrics, we were like, that's a band that's um, going to have some longevity. The same with uh, Baby Godzilla, you know, and that's another band we released. They they don't leave a show without being bloody and bruised, and you're going to see that tonight here at the Cat House in Glasgow. They are just a band who go all out. So any band who presents their art in that fashion, then tends to get behind it. Yeah, it's weird, because I've had... Um messages from people who are at uh, I won't say where but like big publishing companies who are like oh just picked up this band you know can you check them out want to do something with them like trying to find like a cool label to put them out through they send it to me and I'm like oh my gosh it's just such like there's no edge there's nothing about them it's just the reason they're getting kind of this major backing is simply because like they're safe yeah completely safe completely sellable and like I think our market is people like us. Do you know what I mean? It's not like the general music fan. It's like people that that represent what we do, what we're into, the kind of art we like, the kind of bands we listen to. So it's not about playing it safe as a record label. It's about pushing boundaries. Do you know what I mean? Like releasing stuff like Jesus fucking Christ. Like when <laughs> when my uh, our friend Dan Dan Carr who does Radio One, I always like you got to check out this band. Like if you can play them, that'd be cool. And he was like, oh, I'm really into it, but there's no way I can play someone called Jesus fucking Christ on BBC Radio. And and he did, and he called it JFC. Like, there was a way around it. That's what fucked up do. They do effed up whenever they want to do commercial releases. But Uh, effed up's one thing. Jesus fucking Christ is something else. JFC. Sounds like you can't... Well, it it practically is. But um, I don't know. It's difficult for a label sometimes when you're not working within the confines of a scene. I mean, we all grew up um, getting into music in the 90s where Victory Records, as an example, really had um, hardcore and straight edge on lock. You know, if you liked Earth Crisis, Snapcase, Strife, Warzone, it had that Bulldog logo on it and you knew it was a sign of good hardcore, right? And it was that kind of music. For us, for then we're not in we don't just promote one kind of scene we're not a, a hardcore label we're not a like Jesus fucking Christ a electro label we just put out anything we like so I think we ask people who subscribe to them records and our releases less to be involved in a certain scene but more just kind of like I don't know like open, open their minds yeah, yeah. and like, kind of like just trust um, their peers because we're all peers you know we're all the same we listen we listen to the bands we put out and so it's just like just open your mind a bit hopefully with then by not painting ourselves into a certain scene we're not going to um, end up chasing that those golden years that I think certain labels who have a specific roster might
Let's talk a little bit about Gallows, I guess. Uh, you guys have been a band for 10 years now, which is about as long as Black Flag and The Clash, which is, you know... Uh, do you ever think the band would go on that long? Um, when you started? No idea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. When we started the band, we didn't think we'd go on two fucking weeks, let alone 10 years. Um, so it, is that like now that you have one? Like, do you ever reflect on it and think, fuck? Oh, look, it's... I don't know. I don't know how real you want to be here. Gallows is a band that that went from playing dives to touring the world in arenas of Rage Against Machine to headlining three thousand cat rooms to back to playing dives. We've literally done the ups and the downs, and we're still here. And I, all I would hope someone took from that is that we were never here for those arena shows and for that sold out London Forum. That wasn't what kept us going. That wasn't our goal because we've done it and now we're playing the cat house in Glasgow tonight and we're still having just as much fun doing it I think that the reason that the four of us get on stage is pretty much for the for the four guys on stage we do it for us and it's I'm not going to say a blessing because I'm not religious and I don't believe in that fuck God and everything but it's it is luck it's really we're really lucky to be able to do it where people like yourself want to come talk to us about it I think if the music means more to you than uh, everything else, then, then you're going to just carry on because you want to make music together, not because you want to make money, not because you want to be famous. And I think with some people, that kind of shit can like cloud their vision and they're like, oh no, I'd, I'd rather make music to be famous, to make money. Whereas for us, uh, we make music because we want to make music, do you know what I mean? We want to like make interesting albums we've never ever like the whole history of Gallows we've never ever subscribed to a certain scene or style like every single record we've made has stood out individually and there's bands who just keep recording the same album over and over again and and, you know like for them it's like oh if we change our sound we're going to lose a load of fans whereas for us yeah we we change our sound because we want to not because like we're like uh, we don't keep what I'm trying to say we don't like sound the same all the time because we want to play it safe we change our sound because we as individuals want to make music that excites us that's it and I want to say to anyone listening to us he's like oh you say you never want to you know go commercial but you did do that single with Lethal Bizzle the reason we did that single with Lethal Bizzle genuinely is because we're all fans of Grime and we all listen to Grime and at at the time and you know maybe he still is to a certain degree Lethal Bizzle was like the, the, the king of Grime was killing it in London and when you have an opportunity to work with one of your favourite artists, be it Simon from Biffy Clyro guesting on Great Britain to doing a single with Lethal Bizzle, you, of course you're going to grab that opportunity with both hands. You know, that's not about selling as many records as you can, man. That's about coming from a shitty suburb town of, of London and being able to work with people that you really admire. That's what that was about. I mean, I, you, I, you were getting an argument from me, like you do what you want to do like that's just the way it is I think a lot of people a lot of people get attached to bands and then they have that attitude of well they're kind of my bands so they, they, totally they shouldn't do it yeah. everybody does it we're yeah. totally oh. guilty of it I mean some of my favourite bands that have changed the odd member and I'm like ah oh, fuck them you know Sepultura I was I remember being 14 years old at a playground at a school reading I don't know Kerrang on Kerrang on Metal Hammer or something and being gutted when I got the news that Max was leaving Sepultura and um, it, but it's one of those things. As a fan, you, um, you you kind of don't understand what's going on behind the scenes, you know. But really, it probably was the best thing for them at the time, you know. Like, you can't touch on a little bit a second ago. Uh, I was going to ask it, but since you've brought it up, it's probably a good idea to bring it up now. Um, there's a, the second, this is the second album we wait, obviously, um, and you seem to be exploring your stylistic like territory. So that was a conscious decision then, to try and do something that excites you? I think uh, with everything Gallows do, it's, it's never a conscious decision. It's always an organic decision. It's something that just happens and it always happens naturally. Like, um, you know, we could be talking about, uh, we could be talking about like any kind of music. Do you know what I mean, like we listen to loads of, uh, loads of like hip hop and stuff like that, electronic music. Like if you, if you were to be in the van when we were on tour, like, you know, most of the time we're not just listening to like goth rock or punk and hardcore, like we're listening to like major laser and bloody beetroots and stuff like that. And you know, it's uh 
we just go out there, we just make music just for the fun of it. And, you know, if it was not fun, we wouldn't do it. I think a lot of friends that I know that are fans of Gals have been wondering, well, where did that come from? Do you know what I mean? Like, why was that suddenly slightly darker and more gothic? That's, I just think you know, it, it comes from when you're growing up. You've got to understand, when we recorded Orchestra Walls, we were in our, our early 20s. We'd, we'd been in bands that had, had some kind of touring experience but not outside of the UK and certainly not, not not to any level where anyone gave a shit okay I think I think the biggest tour my old band ever did was supporting Bane and what did you you went out with some probably fat, some fat wreck bands or something and, <laughs> and, and and it was just a thing I think and I think when when Wade joined the band Gallows had had some like worldly experience you start growing up basically becoming a man a bit and, and Wade coming in from the Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Experience that Alexis on Fire had, not just in Canada, but worldwide. I think you start looking at it as, as a way of, um, I don't know, just um, wanting to explore more to it than just like beat downs or, or fast parts just a bit of emotion really a bit of feeling and I think for Gallows we, we've always been angry pissed off people but you can only scream at the top of your lungs until you get sick of the sound of your own voice and I think we, we started to explore the mood less in how harsh we scream and a bit more in just the way we play our guitars the way that the the drums are played and the lyrics are conveyed not every word in a song has to be a fuck you or a cunt or a oh I had a shitty day today fuck the world you know you've got to take a bit of responsibility and sometimes what I find in the new lyrics are I think I think Wade's talking more about himself like taking a bit more responsibility and the music that Lags is writing on guitar has just a bit more mood conveyed through just tones rather than just balls out kick your head in shit yeah, because it seems to me like you're still able. Like you did say in an interview, like about the last album, how it was like you guys were still pissed off. You had something to prove. Now you guys are still pissed off, but it's like, well, let's be a bit more esoteric about it. Let's, you know, let's let's not. We can still be pissed off, but you know, it's also quite pretty. Yeah, so, like we you know. we don't really have anything to prove anymore. Which I mean, like I feel like we've, the first three records proved everything that ever needs to be proven. Does like, the band ever really need to prove anything? A band shouldn't. Do you know what I mean? A band should just make music. Like I think. People kind of paint bands like how they see them, and so uh, and so they kind of they want, they expect the bands to do a certain thing and behave a certain way. Like you know, we're we're not puppets. Like we're individuals who control all our creative moods. Like you know, our palette is our guitars, our instruments, and like you know, we paint what the fuck we want. Basically, That's it. we're just painting from. That is actually the perfect answer to your last question is how did that mood change and I think the perfect answer to that is we're now actually painting just from a much broader palette we're from everyone in the band's life experience and everything that's gone on we just, we're not just limited to these six or seven colours that we had when we were 19 we're, we're now you know what travelled world weary dudes and we can paint from so many more colours and that's kind of the picture we're trying to to illustrate speaking of like oh, you guys now have four albums and you've got quite you've, you've covered quite a lot of ground I guess like punk metal now kind of more I guess gothy parts how do you approach a, like building a set list now yeah <laughs> it's a good, good question you ask because we're going on stage in about one hour and we still argue about our set list we do we are we've never been a band that rehearsed things generally when we were all in the same country when Gallows was a band of guys who lived in the same town we would probably rehearse twice a year if we went on tour. Um, generally, that's because we toured a lot, but also because we just don't really put that much thought into ebb and flow. You don't get a light show with us, so you don't have to consider lighting cues. We don't have any stage production. You don't have to consider that. 
all we need to consider is what we feel like when we tread those boards what's going to like kick someone in the teeth the minute we go on stage and how are we going to keep up that feeling of getting kicked in the face until we get off it the reason I ask is because it always interests me how the bands obviously you've especially when you release your stuff which is quite a bit well not quite a bit different but you know different from what you've done before I wonder if you ever get reticent about performing older songs especially since you've now got a different singer if you ever get reticent about performing older songs because it doesn't really it doesn't it doesn't represent how you sound or how you've evolved now if that makes sense so I wonder if you ever struggle you know with how much of the old stuff how much of the new stuff how much of the new album how much of the old albums do the one play I think the the old songs still have a good vibe though do you know I mean there's always going to be like older gallows songs that are going to work really well live and like we're not going to be idiots and deny that do you know I mean like we're here to play music for ourselves but you know we want everyone to have a good time so we're going to throw in some classics in the set but you're right at the same time we we do like you know we, we feel like we're having the most fun when we're playing the new ones to be honest and I think know. fun's the key word I think what you've got to realise is other, other than a vocalist um, the band now that's going on stage tonight is the same exactly the same for uh band that recorded orchestra walls you know Steph wasn't on it so fun is the key word you can't have loads of fun playing the same songs for 10 years because you'll just end up going through the motions right so we switch up our we we try and keep it fun for the crowd by keeping songs that we know that um, they're going to enjoy but really we're here to uh, kind of show off really and and express on our new songs Um, if you want to hear the old songs, you should have come and seen us on tour any time in the last decade. I guess I guess I get the answer. I think a lot of people like need to hear that from bands sometimes. Like this is like you know we've changed and you just deal with it really. Yeah, like, but you know. if, if you didn't change, you'd have people saying, "Oh, it's the same fucking record again." And and if you do change, yeah. people are like, "Oh, it's not the band that I like." And but I feel like your fan base grows as well. So for every what, how old are we now? Like mid thirties. Getting there, yeah. Right, so and so the band we started the band in like tw- early twenties. Kids that got into Gallows when Orchestra Walls came out, they're not even listening to guitar driven music anymore. They're probably going to EDM rays or if they've got any taste, listening to things like Tears for Fears and you know r- proper bands. And I think so. It's a new wave of kids coming through listening to heavy music, and to them get with Spotify and everything you've got now that we didn't have originally Orchestra Wall is probably a new record uh, Great Britain's a new record our self-titled record is a new record to them so I don't like to think of it as old songs I just think it's a it's a new tour Kevin how much ground you've covered sort of musically genre wise who are some of the musicians you kind of look up to they've kind of paved the way for like the kind of stuff you've done now and also in the past like who are like the main sort of drivers behind the main influences J.R. Ewing was definitely one when it came to orchestra walls. Can we do it per album? Because there's definitely been people we've bitten per album. I just, I just mean like in your life generally, which made you want to do it. I think that you know there's bands like like Caven when they just completely switched their sound. Do you know what I mean? Like this, they sound, they do everything is fucking sick. Doesn't matter what, what they're doing, and so you know it's. Yeah, you know, I totally reckon they got Cave In definitely. If anyone listens to the podcast has never checked out Cave In, why the fuck not? Do the whole, yeah. do the whole Yeah, first of all, why the fuck not? And do the whole discography. And while we're on that kind of like Massachusetts tip, linked to Cave In, Converge has definitely been a big uh, influence on us the way they approach playing live and, and, and writing their records. Um, a huge thing. I mean, Nirvana obviously, just because of the the time we grew up. That that's been a huge influence on us and, and the way our, we all play music. I think um, I don't know, and, the, and just really obscure Scandinavian bands. I could say, but no one would have heard them. That's the interesting shit, though, because if, that, if that's the stuff that made you want to pick up a guitar or make music, then that's the kind of shit everybody wants to hear about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, well, J.R. Ewing definitely. Anyone listening to this who's never heard J.R. Ewing, who who had records out in Coalition. Please, please, please check them out. They don't. They don't even play distorted guitars, and that was a key thing that we had on Orchestra Walls. I feel like, wasn't it? With your guitar. Yeah, tones. looking back, it didn't really work on some tracks, but it was definitely <laughs> it was definitely a vibe when we went in there. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we want to keep it super clean, and then it's like, oh, we're gonna have a breakdown it's on Bed of a Shark, and it sounds really play. like twangy. But yeah, anyway. but, and that's kind of we kind of hit that sound by accident. 
So it's all about having a clean tone, but playing it as hard as you can. Orchestra Walls has no distortion on the guitars, that's why I had a distorted bass. But in in your head, you probably think, what's this bloke talking about? Orchestra Walls have distorted guitars. It doesn't, actually. It's actually totally clean. It's just, Lag's just playing it till his fingers bled so hard, yeah, we turned, it sounds heavy. We basically cranked all the amps as loud as they could go, so if there's any kind of distortion, it was like a natural one, as opposed to sticking an overdrive pedal in front exactly of everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know, man. Too many. Every band you've ever listened to, I guess you'd, you'd call an influence. It's. I hate it when you do an interview with a band and go, "Oh well, we we really took influence from X band or Y band." It's everything that you've ever heard from the minute your mum was driving you to school listening to Stevie Wonder cassettes to the day that fucking Downset dropped an album. Do you know what I mean? It's everything in between. That's why I hate asking the influence question because it's like, well, you can need to be a bit more specific if you're going to figure out like, it's, what it's, piece it's of... It's a valid question, but I think just life is the influence, isn't it? That's, I guess that's the best answer as well, I suppose. <laughs> uh, so, when you kind of talked a little bit about it, but I, I just wanted to drill down a little deeper into it. When did you guys realise, holy shit, this is happening, this is a full-time thing that we want to do now? First, <laughs> when we... Can you remember the moment? Oh, we, this has never been publicly broadcast, the whole going one direction, getting a phone call and going in the other. Uh, yeah, what, what you're talking about, the late major... Yeah, well, that's what you're yeah. asking, that's from the holy I shit think, moment. No, I just meant, like, obviously, but when you started, you do guys to a lot of show wolves. So you must have made a decision at some point to go, fuck it, we're doing it. Like, we're no, doing I think we're, we're doing all through walls. I remember everyone around us kept saying, like, you know, we did a tour of Similar Paramedics and Derail. And they were like... We remain supportive of Similar Paramedics. Yeah. yeah. And, they, and they were both like, you guys have really got something going on here. And we were like, oh, do we? What are you talking about? The only serious? thing we've got going on is a couple of beers. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, it was weird, like, you know, we we'd play some gigs with November coming fire like they were like oh we want, we want to take you guys out and you know we'd show up to the gigs and there's more people there to to see us from them and promoters coming up to to us at the end of the night going like I'm really sorry like everyone's you know everyone who's paid in has said they want to see you but we've already had a guarantee for NCF that we've got to pay them this amount and you can only get this amount and we were just like this is so weird like what's going on and then it kind of just spirals and as it's, as it's happened you don't see it like you don't it you're was, not it's like you're not there you're just kind of like oh you're just doing the same thing you always do whereas yeah it was really weird we were playing um, to the same crowd that we did we, we, when we are playing London we are playing hardcore all day as, on, on bills with some great bands you know we got lucky enough to play with Striking Distance when they came over and Cold World and the Dome and I remember that being like the last hardcore all day we ever played and I remember actually feeling a bit heartbroken that, like, coming from the hardcore scene, playing hardcore bands my whole life, and this is my first hardcore day of show with Gallows that we played, and I love striking distance, and like, and the whole crowd just didn't, I just hated us. And we'd always get put in these uh, hardcore days as a gap filler, and I was like, oh, like, no, I guess we're shit. I guess no one likes us. And like Lag says, we go on a couple of tours with, I guess, bands that, like, November Coming Fire definitely on the hardcore end of the spectrum have the, a more broad mind open minded fan base for sure as did similar paramedics so when we play in front of their crowds people kind of got it didn't they and then I guess we'd announce our own shows in like back rooms of pubs and we'd end up filling a hundred cap back room of a pub and I was like holy fucking shit we sold 30 demos today that's when we thought we'd made it honestly that was when we thought fuck me like 30 people give a shit about our band but even then, you're not making money. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not a case yeah, of it, man. <laughs> yeah, it's not a case of like, oh, we can just quit our jobs and carry on because you know, obviously, like, I remember Lee was working, Stu was working. I'd I'd actually quit work because I was going on tour, like, just doing merch for bands, like, and getting paid fifteen pounds just to do merch. And I was go every venue, I'd give the promoter like a, a gallows demo, and uh, I think they all probably just binned them. Do you know what I mean? It's like never heard of them. Fuck it. Uh, but is there any trepidation about doing that like making that, making that leap going I, mean, I, <laughs> I was lucky enough to work for a fam, my family business I think um, Lance had a job he hated so was quite willing to give it up well, I didn't mind I was working at Borders <laughs> you were getting loads of playboys in the bathroom for free <laughs> I remember you telling me about that but no we, we got really lucky in the fact that we We've got in a, it's all about timing at the end of the day there are so many amazing bands in the world 
far more talented than us and far more deserving who didn't hit the timing and didn't get there. And I think we have to kind of give that some kind of acknowledgement. I think a lot of bands, and I could name one or two that are big at the moment, that are British rock bands, who are who are killing it and don't acknowledge the fact that they're just a product of good timing and there's way better bands bigger than them. Um, so... I don't know. I think I guess the first time we had our name written on the cover of Kerrang! was like a bit of a moment. Not because we give a shit about it, but that was just like a... I could show it to my mum and be like, look, there's a reason why I'm a fucking dropout. Yeah, it's weird because, you know... know, It's tangible. You might be now thinking like, oh yeah, like all those magazines are a bit passe or whatever, but when you're a a kid buying Kerrang! magazine, I remember getting it with Kurt Cobain on the cover and things like that. You're like... I'd be shocked if anyone listening is thinking it hadn't had those magazines when I was younger we were quite old when it happened so I had a band get a great review in Fracture fanzine before I had a Kerrang front cover so I didn't think it was the right way as far as I'm concerned like fuck the scene like we never really cared about the punk rock snobs thinking like they didn't like us anyway yeah Monk Monk Dave we had nothing to lose by this one goes out to Monk Dave in Wales by people and Nick Javad, by people covering us in Kerrang, it's not like we lost the fan base because we never, we never had the underground punk scene never backed us. It's quite interesting because I, I have a first hardcore record I ever had was uh, American, the, uh, uh, the second American Nightmare Records. Right, yeah. Background music. Yeah, and I got that because of a good review in Kerrang. That was the first ever tour I ever did in my old band, Wintering June. We went on tour with uh, with American Nightmare. We played Canter- Canterbury Scout Hut. In 1999, I want to say was Sworn In and Canaan, and, and those are the good days. But yeah, there's so many for many good bands like Simon Park and Medics and Beaches and Derail. Well, that, that that's, totally forgotten about. That's it. how we knew about those guys because we'd always go to shows to see all these bands that come over, and and you would go, we would go to Leeds, we'd go to the One in Twelve, we'd go to Bradford. You know, Sheep would put on shows all the time up north, and you just go, we'd go and see fucking oh, what was that Imbalance or whatever, and you wouldn't think twice about travelling that distance to see it. So that's how when Gallows was putting out a demo, we were able to get shows because we knew the promoters just because we would travel the country just as kids going to shows. Yeah. And um, I don't know, man. I think the history of the UK punk rock scene and stuff, it's a weird one for Gallows because we're almost kind of hated by that kind of the collective zine, the people who go to shows at the 1 and 12. But we were, we, we were going to those gigs, man. We just got... Kerrang wrote about we didn't ask Kerrang to write about us do you know what I mean they just did and then we were the bad guys and now you're here <laughs> with a record that sounds nothing like the ones that everybody loved like Kerrang loved that everybody you know yeah. that kind of thing and it's funny how things change what did the yeah. new record get in Kerrang Lee got four four out of five it's not bad you hope they've grown up like as well I somehow think it's totally different well it's an interesting <laughs> an interesting story because James McMahon who's now the editor of Kerrang oh, yeah, was the deputy editor of NME when we were coming up wasn't he and he was all about us so it's interesting that as our journey's progressed he's obviously doing well for himself as well and it's, it's good to see people doing well for themselves so just to round it up I guess um what are you guys going to do for the rest of the year now after you've done Slam Dunk and all that and the festivals and summer have you got anything else on that I think we're going to do a lot, lot more Venn releases and events and stuff. Like we, we did a, a gig, uh, our first night with uh, Moose Blood and Milk Teeth, and it sold out. It was really good. And then, then I started doing like free shows in London, where just to get people to see new bands. So we did one with Muskets and Reacher, which was amazing. And then, is that how you pronounce it? Reacher. Yeah, yeah. I've always done it as a Risha. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think. Like, a Ven, the guy can't pronounce your band name. More releases, more gigs. You're getting into like, you're doing a lot more stuff on your other music. So don't be. I, I know you're really <laughs> modest. But Lags is like actually quite an in-demand DJ for stuff. Obviously, Wade is um, is is smashing it in Canada doing radio as a, as a presenter and a DJ. And um, you know, I think these other elements of our lives where we're not just focusing on being in a van playing shows make it a lot more fun when we do get together to do things like this yeah because when as soon as a band becomes a business then it gets too serious and that can really like damage for fun and creative vibes and that's that's when monsters fucking get created and ruin it for everyone else but like as soon as 
you kind of remove that fact of a business side of things and it's just about making music playing a few shows whenever you can then it kind of takes you back to when you first start doing a band when it's all about like having fun and uh, that's exactly it man mates. it's about having fun if there was any advice I could give to anyone who listens to your podcast who's like how can I get my band signed and get popular best advice would be stop trying to get signed just enjoy yourself there's actually a question that I was, like, I was going to ask but I decided not to ask but can you know you said that I might ask it um, there seems to be a, a quite a big thing just now I don't know if you guys noticed that in Britain where there's been lots of bands that are just chucking money at PR and hoping something will happen if you guys noticed that like with well, bands I, are... I, yeah I fucking noticed yeah. it and yeah I know a lot of people that work in PR and they fucking love it Yeah, and it's really really easy to cut a cheque to someone every month who's promising you the world um, it doesn't work like that mate yeah that's what I was asking because when you said what you, you said you've got to do it and you love it at the end of the day rather than you giving someone money to make your band big just keep doing what you're doing eventually someone will come knocking writing you a cheque if it's going to happen well, thanks very much for that with you guys uh, have you guys got anything else you want to say before we're done I'd just like to say thanks to everyone who listens to the podcast check out uh, venrecords.com um, you can pick up sweet limited edition vinyl by Mooseblood Milk Teeth Lebanecris help me out here on the band you've released <laughs> Crooks Jesus fucking Christ Jesus um, Christ Gallows as well obviously it's going to be new Reacher new Muskets new Sleep Beggar lots of cool stuff happening new Carnival Kids just go to vinrecords.com we put all the Gallows news up on there So yeah, what do you think of that then? It was pretty good, wasn't it? I mean, I thought it was good. While I was listening to that interview back, I thought, you know what, this is actually quite a good interview and I think I'm maybe being a little bit too negative about myself in the past podcasts. So from now on, no more negativity, none. I'm just going to be proactive and, you know, positive. PMA, man, PMA, that's what they say. Anyway, thanks for checking that out. I don't really know what else to say. They, I think they've covered pretty much all the bases. Wonderful guys, wonderful band, good good attitude and a lot of good views on punk, which kind of align with my own, I guess you could say. So yeah, as ever, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, subscribe via iTunes, via Stitcher, whatever podcasting app that you use. Please rate and review this on iTunes. It has made a huge difference. I'm now in the top 100, new and noteworthy, as I said, but I want to get higher up that list I want to be on the front page. That'd be amazing. So if you could help me out with that, I would appreciate it so, so much. You can like us on Facebook, The Curator Podcast. Twitter, The Curator Pod. SoundCloud, The Curator Pod. All of them. Drop me an email if you want with some feedback. That's hi at thecuratorpodcast.com. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. I have a couple more interviews lined up. And uh, we'll just kind of go from there. This is me going to play out with another Gallows song. This is from their last album because I had to play this because it's one of my favourite songs and when they played it live it was utterly devastating. So yeah, this song is called Cross of Lorraine and I hope you enjoy it. Until next time guys, bye bye. Prove that I'd be dead. Well, 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.